0: This is Fostering Conversations with Utah Foster Care, where we have insightful conversations about parenting for bio, foster, adoptive, or blended families to better understand the experiences we all face as families. A warm welcome to everyone joining us. I am Deborah Lindner, along with my co-host, Liz Rivera. On today's podcast, we're gonna mix it up a bit and bring in two of our colleagues at Utah Foster Care. They'll help us kick off a fascinating conversation with a community champion, Kristen Andrus. Kristen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here today. An honor for us as well. Liz, as part of our conversation, will be hearing about Kristen's experiences meeting teens around the state, hearing their stories, and we'll also hear about ideas for helping the helpers. All of this will help us further learn how we can all make a difference in our community
1: year round. And leading off that conversation is Amanda Walker. She is our director of communications here at Utah Foster Care and has taken our communication with the public and with foster parents just up a hundred notches. And then also Nikki McKay, she is our director of development. And I've been privileged to work with Nikki almost from the beginning. She predates me by a few months, but we've both been with Utah Foster Care since 1999 and just in awe of her and all that she has done with Utah Foster Care. And they are going to lead the conversation with Kristen today. Thank you, Liz. It's so exciting
2: to be here with everybody to talk about this. A lot of our conversations lately stemming around how we can support these teens who made you. To start out, Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your passions?
3: Yeah, so I am first and foremost a mom of six, My first one just entered into high school. Oh my goodness, here we go. Hold on to your seats, because then I have five more (laughs) that will be trailing (laughs) behind. The other day, I was just figuring out how old I will be when my six-year-old twins graduate from high school. So I think the countdown starts now. But that is where my heart is most often. And then between the hours of 8 and 3.30, when they're at school, I can go and follow my passions of filling gaps, leaning into different organizations, truly trying to be a community champion. And that's my title because most people want the best title and I am opposite. I will not let any organization give me a title because I want to be able to float around and work with and directly in different organizations that I love and between refugees and foster and single moms and the food bank. I love that you guys have been doing this for so long. And I have such deep, profound respect for that because I don't have a niche like that. I end up all over the place, but I love it. I hope I can bring other people along with me on a journey towards foster care or refugees or whatever that is. And then I can leave it better than I found it because I brought all of these other, mostly women and mothers to join with me, to lean in and find their passion. And so- I spent time on Instagram just trying to help people think outside of their neighborhoods, getting outside of their bubble, having difficult conversations. I ask people to be curious and not judgmental when we're dealing with all different types of issues. Just today, I was talking about, do we know how many working moms we have in Utah? Do we know how many working women? And can we raise our girls differently knowing that? Can we look at childcare? And all of the issues that our state dealt with differently looking at the reality. Now, once again, I'm not a professional in any of these things, but I try to draw attention to conversations, to problems, and then come up with solutions. You guys have been an incredible resource for foster. And for the first time in my life, I have a very personal and real relationship with the foster care system. I've mentioned refugees a couple of times because that's been where my heart has been over the last decade mentoring families, befriending families. And I had a beautiful Afghan refugee kind of fall in my lap. She's an unaccompanied minor here. She was working, she was living alone in an apartment complex that would be very scary for any of us to send our 17 year old daughters to alone. Just this last week, she ended up at her foster care family for the first day. And I am going over and bringing Greek city girl to them tonight so we can meet each other. And she's happy and thriving. She'll start high school on Monday. She's suffered a lot of trauma. She had been through the unimaginable. She still is because her family is. And so her reality every day of what's going on in Afghanistan, which translates to really hard mental health. But tonight is going to be a really, really beautiful evening of her landing in foster care with a very awesome family who already loves her and has developed her. And so I find it so interesting that today is when we're doing this podcast because it is just a long time in the making. And here we are. And I'm so grateful. I would bet
2: that the family is so thrilled to have other people like you in their village to help look out for her because it really does take a village. And it reminds me of what you say about helping the helpers. We can't all be foster parents,
3: but we can all do something to help out. Absolutely. And to be perfectly honest... I wanted to foster her. I wanted that to be my reality. And the truth of the matter was I didn't have the bandwidth. So I can show up with gusto to now help this family. They are over the moon excited to have her. So I think it just adds to her team that she's just going to have more people that love her because I'm not going to leave her alone. And we'll all be working together to help her.
2: And truly, like you said, we so desperately need more foster parents, but for those who can't, there's so many ways to show up and help build a community around these parents. And so that's why we've been talking a lot recently about fostering community, fostering connection and foster care so that we can give people ideas and ways to all be able to join that village and help out and help our foster parents be able to continue on their journey. Speaking of amazing foster moms, we recently had a luncheon with some foster moms. As you're navigating this amazing teen center project, you've been meeting people all around the state and going into school districts and talking directly to those who have experienced this. What are some things from that luncheon that kind of stuck with you?
3: First and foremost, the ultimate sacrifice that these women lovingly and easily give to these kids, especially when it's not given back right away. I think probably that in time you reap the harvest of some of that, but I was blown away by the hundreds of kids that these mothers have taken in and they have loved. They understand them in a way that I thought was really beautiful. I have six kids. Some I understand, some I don't. And it felt like They really dig in. And even if there's not open communication that this child is like all in with this mom and this is so great, they see them. They know them. They're listening. They're watching even cues, right? If it's not verbal, they're so intuitive. We are talking about posters and making sure that we don't have shame and stigma in these teen centers. And these foster mothers have had the most valuable advice around shame and stigma And things to stay away from, things to say, I would say any other population that we've been working with hasn't been so aware, which leads me to understand that these women are all in. And they don't know how long these kids are staying. I don't know how long they've had them, but that they are able to invest so much of themselves and their family into these kids without always seeing immediate feedback. That is such a beautiful gift. I think what we forget about fostering is it is a gift to the community and it is truly changing the way that communities look. It's community transformation. If you look at it in that broad scope, that's where I think you truly understand love and sacrifice and philanthropy, right? This is philanthropy because it's personal and you're sitting in this story. You continue to show up. I talk to philanthropists and donors all the time and I tell them that they're missing out on the most magical part of philanthropic work, which is sitting on the floor. It's sitting in the story and it's showing up again and again, and it's getting your hands dirty and it's getting your heart broken. And if you are not in any of that realm, you are missing out in the magic. You're missing out on how you change because of course we need them them meaning people that we're out serving more than they need us. We change when we continue to show up and it's hard. And I talk about the days that I'm driving to the different families I'm helping and I'm just sick to my stomach, but I never, ever have regretted going. I've never regretted the change that's made in me because I will then serve others differently. I will be better because of it. And they consistently change me more than I change them. And that's what I saw. I've seen that in my own life. And I saw this perfect example of all of those things that I preach, but I thought they are living this in the most perfect way I've ever seen. And then they say, and give me more and give me more. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And sat and sitting in their stories was absolutely a gift for our group.
2: That's something that you do so beautifully is sit with and dive into their stories you truly have shown up for them and aren't afraid of their stories. Some of these stories can be so devastating. And I know that your team at the policy project, you've all been traveling around the state talking to teens. What are some stories that you've heard
3: that have stuck with you? And then what have you learned from them? This story is from my school district, I always say you don't have to go more than a couple miles to be able to get out of your bubble and see a whole new beautiful world. So in my district, we were meeting with the principal and he told us that he was in the lunchroom and he looked over and he's like, what is that kid doing? So he walks over there and he sees this kid putting mashed potatoes in his pocket. And he said, why are you putting mashed potatoes in your pocket? He said, because I have sisters at home that are hungry. And I need to bring them something to eat. And you hear that story and you think, we can't do mashed potatoes in pockets. We were in Richfield and there were five kids out of home and they got up and they got themselves ready haphazardly, some still half in pajamas, some dressed for the day. And they walked themselves to school, the junior high. And they walked in and they said, we think our mom is dead. This happened this year. They sent authorities and sure enough, their mom had overdosed on the couch. And these five kids got up, got dressed and walked to school. Like, where do you go when you have nowhere to go? These kids went to the school. They did not know what else to do. There was another one a little bit closer to home because some of those can feel like the other is so far away. But up in Ogden, you think of homelessness and couch surfing and all that these kids go through. And sometimes it just stems from divorce and half of our families are divorced and dad's abusive. There's a little kid and then a teenage boy and the mom doesn't know what to do. Can't handle the teenage boy. So she's living in her car with the little kid. She's working full time. They're living in a car. It's too much. She can't keep him in the car because she's like, I just can't do this anymore. You're out. And Every night, this kid in Ogden, tonight, does not know where he's sleeping. Those stories just stick with you. And when you know better, you realize that you have to do better. And you can't hear these things and move on with your life. And this is Utah. This is the reality of what we're dealing with. And I love ideals sometimes. But when we're talking about policy, we have to talk about the reality of what Utah looks like. And those are stories I hear every single day. Yeah, I think it is shocking to people
2: sometimes when they realize that this is happening in our own communities, that there's 2100 youth in foster care in Utah. I think that number shocks people. They think that Utah's the exception and not facing these challenges, but it's very much a reality. It's comfortable to stay in our bubble, but to be able to show up for these vulnerable populations, we have to get outside our bubble you brought a bunch of nonprofits together, and it was so neat to be in this room with all these other people in similar fields, all looking out for one population or another.
3: But so it's building bridges and all the nonprofits that come are all focused on vulnerable youth.
2: I learned so much from them. And
3: Nikki, do you want to tell about the fun connection
2: we made that has drastically impacted how we have been able to foster community at Utah Foster Care?
4: Yeah, I would love to. And I'm glad we get the chance to thank you, Kristen, for that, because I don't think we've had the opportunity to share that story. Amanda and I went to that breakfast that you put together. That was the first one we had been to. And we had somebody, gosh, it's been a couple of years ago now that was planning to join our board, Cameron Williams. And he was very connected in the community and was so excited to jump in and help with this cause. Unfortunately, he unexpectedly passed away. Before he passed, he was telling me about Kenneth Boggs and how he wanted to get him involved and how he's such a great mentor to so many youth. After Cameron passed and we were trying to think, gosh, I wish I knew who would take the torch and keep running. We met Kenneth Boggs at that event that day. And I knew who he was. He's hard to miss, right? He's sharp looking and put together. So when I saw him, I went over and introduced myself and our connection with Cameron. And since that meeting, our relationship with him and his relationship with Utah Foster Care has just continued to grow and turn into something really magical. He's now on our board. He has just been an unbelievable asset to us and to so many kids and families impacted by foster care in Utah and making those connections he's not afraid to reach out and put me in touch with who he knows and hey this is what's going on in Utah let's talk about foster care how can you get involved the community that he's helping us build is most definitely changing lives it's just been incredible and i i don't know that we would have had the chance to cross paths with him but because of your event it started that ball rolling so it's been really fun to be a part of so thank you
3: I did not know that. That makes me so happy. He is so awesome and has such cool skills and talents and brings such a unique perspective to things. He is the perfect person to fill Cameron's shoes. And And that is exactly why I put Building Bridges together. I have my family foundation. And so I'm in this interesting (laughs) world of I'm getting asked for money all the time, but then I'm also like showing up in the nonprofit space. And so I end up with a lot of people asking a lot of things of me. And I'm like, wait, this person does computers. This person does bikes. This person can put on a movie. Ivan at Bessie in the house can help you guys with a foster care movie. And so I'm, wait, I can't be doing this. Let's bring everybody together in the same room. So we try to get together quarterly. So if you are a nonprofit in Utah, we'd love to have you join us. We actually have one on April 26th coming up. Get you guys in a room with donors and talk about how can we better work on raising money because in the end we all need that. Truly, the bridge analogy is so true because a while back I talked to you on the
2: phone about this program that we had this idea for of bringing youth to businesses and expanding their vision for the future, and it's just grown into this amazing thing because of the bridge that you created for us with KB. The connections and the community he's built around these youth. And now those youth each have more people to rally behind them. And it's been a beautiful thing to see grow. So thank Mm -hmm. you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful. Liz, I want to give you a minute to talk to us a little bit about navigating these relationships with these youth. I think sometimes that's where people are hesitant to dive in and talk to them and hear their stories, it can be a little nerve wracking to know what to say or how to go about building a relationship with them. So if you
1: don't mind sharing with us a little bit, that would be great. Absolutely. So first I just want to highlight everything Kristen said, but when you were saying that you wanted to keep your work something you could show up with gusto, and I think that's so important. Sometimes we see all of the needs and we want to do so much. We stretch ourselves too thin and we burn ourselves out. And so we want to keep our work particular enough so we can show up with gusto. I thought that was amazing. So I'm actually right in the middle of teaching a series called Circle of Security. And in Circle of Security, we teach a concept called being with. And Amanda, when you were talking about sometimes it's so hard to know what to do or what to say. One thing I love about the concept of being with is we don't have to know what to say and we don't have to know what to do. We are called to simply be present. And Kristen, you referenced this when you said to sit with, to simply be with that person and to believe what they are telling you is true. I think sometimes as adults, we remember our adolescence and we try to talk teens today out of feeling the way that they feel. And we think that their experience is like our experience and it isn't. So we need to simply believe these kids are experiencing what they're experiencing and feeling what they're feeling. And then along with that too, we need to trust them that they can handle the truth too. Kids will always gravitate toward the people that tell them the truth. And being able to tell kids the truth, even the hard things, is something that they will respect and they will gravitate toward because they haven't had that. So being with them, telling them the truth are probably my two best pieces of advice in working with any kid and certainly teens. Thank you, Liz. That's beautiful advice and something
2: that I feel like no matter how many times I hear it, that reminder is always needed. Kristen, is there anything else that you want to share about showing up in our community and about the
3: work you're doing? Continue to show up. Find things that speak to you. Take the time. Lean in. We worked on the Utah Period Project, which is getting legislation that put free period products into all Utah schools, which is so cool. The reason that happened was on a Wednesday at four o'clock, I went and volunteered at Kids Eat with my kids. And I learned about period poverty. And so it actually started with just these tiny choices of showing up. Like that magic is not in maybe doing all of the different service projects, but maybe it's going to primary children's over and over again. Maybe it's going to the same foster care family in your neighborhood and having your son cut the grass and your daughter do the dog. The debt that brings is better than packing any backpack back to school thing you could ever do. And so I think sitting with families, maybe it's just sitting with the mom and saying, let's go on a walk and drink a Diet Coke or coffee and talk to me. How can I help alleviate the mental load that you carry? That's how we change our state. And if you're a mother or a woman listening right now, you are the only hope of change we have. I truly believe that if we want status quo, we leave it to men. And I am just going to be honest about that. If we want change, we have to do it. And what I always ask is, if not you, who? For the foster mom, for the kid, for the policy, whatever it is. Maybe it's just bringing in the garbage for someone. If not you, who? And if not now, when? You know, we're at 2,000 foster kids across the state. Is it you when we're at 4,000? When? Is it your time? It's now and it's you. It is always that answer. And I promise that you will be given increased bandwidth when you put yourself in the fire, you put yourself in the discomfort and please bring others along with you.
0: I was at a rally that Kristen was part of up at the state capitol about the teen centers that you're talking about getting in many high schools all over the state. And when I heard as a mom that I can just go to the high school in my neighborhood and say, there are kids in need, let's do a teen center. That is so personal. And many times we think that there are 2,000 kids in foster care. Wow, it's so big. But by these small stories of the mashed potatoes, a small story tells a big story. And it is going on in our state.
3: Kristen, where can people find you and follow along? Just on Instagram is mostly where I download. And I'll say, sometimes I'm like, why the heck am I on Instagram? But the reason I stay is you can't let these stories end with you. You can't go out and hear about mashed potatoes and pockets. You can't hear about the kid in the crate, the kid in the car, and let them end with you. You have to share these stories. And so that's why I'm there. I'm there to say it's so fun to show up and help. It's so fun to get outside of your bubble. It's so fun to be uncomfortable. And that's where the richness of life is. And then on YouTube, I have free at-home workouts. Originally I did them because I had six little kids and I didn't know how the heck to get out of the house, but I wanted to get a really good workout. I, I do believe that moving our bodies is so important for our mental health. And so I thought my gift to the world and mothers everywhere is hard, fun workouts where I'm your workout buddy. They're on YouTube, Kristen Andrus. I've got a whole group of them and you won't do it alone. And I stop and pant to yell at my kids throughout the whole workout. So you'll feel like just <laughs> at home with me doing the workout.
2: I love that. That's such a fun idea. And We have these volunteer opportunities where those who want to be with the kids can show up or a kid's night out or parents get a little bit of a break because they are just in this all the time. And so the people get to be with the kids. So for anybody who may not want to do the workout part, they could let the moms do the working out while they get to play with the kids and give the moms a little break. It could be so much fun.
3: Really quick, I think someone right now is I don't do workouts. I like don't cook. I, this is not me. Use whatever you're good at, right? I have a friend that sells Amazon clothes and stuff. She used her talent to find teen center blue for our rally. Like her job is a fashionista on Instagram and she used her talents to help the cause. Don't try to be someone you're not. Don't cook the castle if you hate cooking find the little tiny things that you're good at and lean in there help there and it will domino i promise you
2: that's something we realize is there's something that everybody can do to make a difference and show up you don't have to love kids you don't have to love cooking or any of that there's some way to connect you into this world of foster care and make a difference We appreciate you so much. And the way that you can rally your community is inspiring and so appreciated. You truly encourage people, like you said, to lean in and not just lean in, but lean in without judgment. Just be there for the stories and show up without judgment. I think some of my favorite things you say that we've touched on is help the helpers. If you can't be the helper, if you can't be the foster mom, help the foster mom. And it's not us if not now, when? Because if you would have seen this issue with the period poverty and just thought, man, I really hope somebody does something about that. I don't know that we would have period products in our schools right now. You saw the need and you met the need. That is inspiring and an example to all of us. So thank you.
3: Thank you so much. The pleasure is all mine and it's a gift to know you guys and watch you work. I'm so grateful for the change that you make every single day. Thank you.
0: I want to thank you too, Kristen, because I think you put a lot of ideas in people's heads. People hear about foster parenting and immediately, you know, you've got to be a saint to be a foster parent. I hear that so much. No, you don't have to be a saint. But even if you're not ready to be a foster parent or you're not sure, one way to get involved is to try some of our volunteer programs. So if you go to utahfostercare.org, go to the Get Involved page. We have a wonderful volunteer coordinator can tell you about all the opportunities. And the time to think about this is now. Don't wait until it's the holidays. I do want to thank you, Kristen. And I want to thank Amanda and Nikki for All of the great work they do and highlighting Kristen's work and how we can help the helpers. Liz, any final thoughts from you after listening to this conversation?
1: Just adding my gratitude to Kristen and all that she's inspired us to do. Thank you.
0: So once again, you can visit our website, utahfostercare.org to get involved in whatever capacity, whatever little way, small way, or big way you want to. You can also visit our Instagram and Facebook pages. And again, we have a kids' night out coming up next month. And so if you'd like to volunteer, send us a message. We also have an amazing event coming up. And if Kristen Andrus inspired you here, just wait, because she's going to be hosting Faces of Foster Care, Wednesday, May 17th, 2023, at 7 p.m. It's in Lehigh at Entrada. So mark your calendars. If you need more information, go on our website or social media. And I can't think of a better person to do it. Thank you, looking forward to it. Thank you. To everyone out there, to our guest, Kristen Andrus, thank you so much for being here today. And remember, you don't need to know everything to volunteer your time to help foster families and children. You just need to be willing to learn and lean in, as Kristen says. I'm Deborah Lindner. We'll see you next month. This has been fostering conversations with Utah Foster Care. Thank you for joining us. For more information, go to utahfostercare.org. We'll see you next time.